You are now listening to the homily of Father Charles Dominic, priest of St. Patrick's Cathedral from the Diocese of Bridgetown in Barbados. This service is provided by the Lexio Divina team, part of the LOV Verbum Day ministry, who invites you all to share this reflection and their love for the Word of God. The Gospel is the good news of salvation for mankind. That salvation is only through Jesus Christ. As Peter said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You alone have the words of eternal life. Greetings to your listeners, including the Love Verbum Day family members, and also the Logical Bible Study Ministry as you collaborate with the Love Verbum Day Ministry. Both of you spreading the word of God, bringing people closer to our Lord Jesus Christ. I greet you on this 32nd Sunday of Ordinary Time Cycle C. And as we come to another week and as we come close to the end of this liturgical year, in this month of November, I want to remember all those who have gone before us, marking the sign of faith, those who've died especially in the major world wars, two major world wars we've had, but also who've, also those who've died in war, especially those who died in Ukraine and other conflicts that have, we've had since the end of the Second World War. And so as we come together and I share with you from the Gospel reading for this Sunday, and as we listen to, and we're ready to all the readings that we hear this this week as we think of the resurrection and what it would be like to be with God in heaven. It is by exploring the word of Christ that we root ourselves in him, deepen our relationship with him and see his presence in our life. Now let's read the gospel according to Luke chapter 20 verses 27 to 38 in preparation of today's homily. Some Sadducees also say there is that there's no resurrection approach Jesus and they put this question to him, Master, we have it from Moses in writing that if a man, a man's married brother dies, childless, the man must marry the widow to raise up children for his brother. Well then, there were seven brothers. The first, having married a wife, died childless. The second and then the third married a widow. And the same with all seven, they died leaving no children. Finally, the woman herself died. Now, at the resurrection, to which of them will she be wife, since she has been married to all seven? Jesus replied, The children of this world take wives and husbands, but those who are judged worthy of a place in the other world and in the resurrection from the dead do not marry because they can no longer die, for they are the same as the angels, and being children of the resurrection, they are sons of God. And Moses himself implies that the dead rise again in the passage about the bush where he calls the Lord the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Now he is God, not of the dead, but of the living. For to him all men are indeed, are in fact alive. The Gospel of the Lord. Deuteronomy 25, verse 5 to 10, is where um, the, the Sadducees came to Jesus with that question. And it, I encourage you to go and read that particular text, 25, verse 5 to 10, so you get an understanding of what the Sadducees were presented to Jesus. And within the Jewish custom, it was to ensure, or this custom was to ensure that land stays in the first brother's 
the first husband's family, and his name was carried on. But the question asked of Jesus by the Sadducees was simply one to put Jesus on the spot. It wasn't asked by the Pharisees or by the scribes who believed in the resurrection and in angels, but by the Sadducees, which was a very conservative group holding on to the written scripture, unlike the Pharisees who lived by the oral tradition. So the Sadducees were pretty much trying to ridicule Jesus because to them it was foolishness to believe in this thing called the resurrection. And one has to wonder sometimes why people can't simply respect other people's opinions without resorting to ridicule and abuse. If they didn't believe in the resurrection, well, that's it's fine. There's no reason for them to then insist that other people didn't believe it. And so we have to look to Jesus as an example of one who never forces teaching on anyone. And when he was challenged, he explained his opinion. What people choose to do after they listened to him was their choice. Like we remember the young rich man who came and Jesus said, well, sell everything and follow me. And, and he, left, he went away sad because he was a very rich young man. We don't know what happened to him. As Catholics, we also very easy targets for such ridicule and condemnation for what we believe. Even now in the month of, the month of November, and especially as we talk about praying for the dead, people say, but you can't pray for the dead. Of course we can pray for the dead. And yet, in all of what we do, we're not telling people that they have to follow our way, and yet they make themselves out to be our judge and figure, well, because we do these things, we're going to all going to be condemned. So it's really a test of courage and faith to hold on to what we believe despite the criticisms that can come from outside and even from within the church. The story of the seven brothers and their mother in our first reading attests to this by referring, by, because they preferred not to give up their faith, they'd rather give up their lives for what they believe. The king demanded renunciation of their allegiance to God. And still there's a greater lesson to be learned here. And this is the purpose of Jesus' response to the Sadducees. And that is, those men and their mother, this talking about the seven in the first, the, the ones in the first reading, believed in the resurrection from the dead. And that is also what our faith teaches us, what we profess and what we confess when we say the creed, our belief in the resurrection from the dead. Jesus explains then that the age to come will not be like this age or this time. It will be different. In this time, we need to procreate in order, to, in order for life to continue from one generation to the next. We also establish various relationships as a way of helping to sustain us in our human communities. Jesus teaches that in the next age, things will be radically different as there will be no more death and we will all be spiritual beings like the angels. And as God's children, we will share in the very nature of God. There will be no need for marriage because we will finally be experiencing a connection with God that transcends any other possible relationship because to be one with God is to be complete. Jesus does not say what it will be like at the, at the resurrection, but only that it will be different. But if we know the joys of this life that we're experiencing now, and we know the pains that we're experiencing, why would we not want to live our lives in such a way that gives us a chance to be one with God at the resurrection where we, where we understand and know that things will be far better, more joy and more happiness. But we are called in this present age to live lives that are radically different still, lives that are transformed. Because when we do, we're living in both the age to come and, and, the, age, and the age we're in now. And as we look forward, we do not know who will be part of the resurrection. 
But what is more important is that we should try to live so that we can experience the joys of being in complete union with God and one another. We know too that there will always be there will always be persons who will criticize and who will ridicule us because of what we believe. And we must be strong to and to face up to the to, to this opposition. If we bear in mind that there is something greater to look forward to. Insults and ridicule should only give us more resolve to want to strengthen our faith and to know that the only judge we have to worry about is God. So let us stand up in our faith and look forward to the new and transformed life that God is offering us. And each time we say our creed, let us truly believe in what we say that that we believe in the resurrection. We believe in resurrection from the dead and life everlasting. Also, let us not be concerned with what it would concern with what life would be in in the next life, but more concerned about the fact that what we what we are experiencing now and 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 there's so much more of that joy that we can experience in the future. Still, there can be nothing greater than wanting to see God face to face and experiencing complete union with God. And all those, all the saints that have gone before us that we believe have been taken up in the resurrection, especially our Mother Mary, who was taken, who we believe was taken up into heaven and sits and is there uh, also interceding for us, caring for us, looking forward to us. So looking forward, as we look forward to, to seeing all the, all the angels and saints and seeing God and Jesus and everybody um, face to face. So let us, let us not be afraid, let, but let us believe in what is to come, that there's that there's more than what lies in the present life, that there's more to come in the kingdom of heaven. And so I pray that these words have been inspiring to you, and I pray that as we live and, and with all the challenges of life, that we will continue to not be afraid to believe in what God has promised us, and because we believe in Jesus and the fact that God wants us to be where Jesus is, or God wants us to be where He is, and which is in heaven. And I pray that the Lord will continue to bless and nourish your lives. And I do so, I bless you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Lexio Divina team hopes that this homily has helped you deeply welcome the Word of God and given you the strength to put the Word into practice where you are. You can send us your prayer intention by emailing them to us using the following email address lov underscore v-e-r-e-u-m-d-e-i at outlook.com All these prayer intentions will be prayed for in our daily entrance group called on WhatsApp and also during our different weekly prayer groups gathering both in person and online. Check out our website in the description for days and times. If this homily has enlightened you or touched you in any way, please share it with your relatives, friends, community, and on your social media. Have a blessed week. You are now listening to the homily of Father Charles Dominic, priest of St. Patrick's Cathedral from the Diocese of Bridgetown in Barbados. 
This service is provided by the Lexio Divina team, part of the LOV Verbum Day ministry, who invites you all to share this reflection and their love for the Word of God. The gospel is the good news of salvation for mankind. That salvation is only through Jesus Christ. As Peter said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You alone have the words of eternal life. Greetings to your listeners, including the Love Verbum Day family members, and also the Logical Bible Study Ministry as you collaborate with the Love Verbum Day Ministry. Both of you spreading the word of God, bringing people closer to our Lord Jesus Christ. I greet you on this 32nd Sunday of Ordinary Time Cycle C. And as we come to another week and as we come close to the end of this liturgical year, in this month of November, I want to remember all those who have gone before us, Mark with a sign of faith, those who've died especially in the major world wars, two major world wars we've had, but also who've di- also those who've died in war, especially those who died in Ukraine and other conflicts that we've had since the end of the Second World War. And so as we come together and I share with you from the gospel reading for this Sunday and as we listen to well really to all the readings that we hear this this week as we think of the resurrection and what it will be like to be with God in heaven. It is by exploring the word of Christ that we root ourselves in him, deepen our relationship with him and see his presence in our life. Now let's read the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 20, verses 27 to 38, in preparation of today's homily. Some Sadducees also say there is, that there is no resurrection. I brought Jesus and they put this question to him. Master, we have it from Moses in writing that if a, man, a man's married brother dies, childless, the man must marry the widow to raise up children for his brother. Well then, there were seven brothers. The first, having married a wife, died childless. The second and then the third married a widow. And the same with all seven, they died leaving no children. Finally, the woman herself died. Now, at the resurrection, to which of them will she be wife since she has been married to all seven? Jesus replied, The children of this world take wives and husbands. But those who are judged worthy of a place in the other world and in the resurrection from the dead do not marry because they can no longer die, for they are the same as the angels, and being children of the resurrection, they are sons of God. And Moses himself implies that the dead rise again in the passage about the bush where he calls the Lord the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Now he is God, not of the dead, but of the living, for to him all men are indeed, are in fact alive. The Gospel of the Lord. Deuteronomy 25, verse 5 to 10, is where um, the the Sadducees came to Jesus with that question. And I encourage you to go and read that particular text, 25, verse 5 to 10, so you get an understanding of what the Sadducees were presenting to Jesus. And within the Jewish custom, it was to ensure, or this custom was to ensure that land stays in the first brother's, the first husband's family, and his name was carried on. But the question asked of Jesus by the Sadducees was simply one to put Jesus on the spot. It wasn't asked by the Pharisees or by the scribes who 
believed in the resurrection and in angels, but by the Sadducees, which was a very conservative group holding on to the written scripture, unlike the Pharisees who lived by the oral tradition. So the Sadducees were pretty much trying to ridicule Jesus because to them it was foolishness to believe in this thing called the resurrection. And one has to wonder sometimes why people can't simply respect other people's opinions without resorting to ridicule and abuse. If they didn't believe in the resurrection, well, that's it's fine. There's no reason for them to then insist that other people didn't believe it. And so we have to look to Jesus as an example of one who never forces teaching on anyone. And when he was challenged, he explained his opinion. What people choose to do after they listened to him was their choice. Like we remember the young rich man who came and Jesus said, well, sell everything and follow me. And, and he, left, he went away sad because he was a very rich young man. We don't know what happened to him. As Catholics, we also very easy targets for such ridicule and condemnation for what we believe. Even now in the month of, month of November, and especially we, as we talk about praying for the dead, people say, but you can't pray for the dead. Of course we can pray for the dead. And yet, in all of what we do, we're not telling people that they have to follow our way, and yet they make themselves out to be our judge and figure, well, because we do these things, we're going to all going to be condemned. So it's really a test of courage and faith to hold on to what we believe despite the criticisms that can come from outside and even from within the church. The story of the seven brothers and their mother in our first reading attests to this by referring, by, because they preferred not to give up their faith, they'd rather give up their lives for what they believe. The king demanded renunciation of their allegiance to God. And still there's a greater lesson to be learned here. And this is the purpose of Jesus' response to the Sadducees. And that is, those men and their mother, this talking about the seven in the first, the, the ones in the first reading, believed in the resurrection from the dead. And that is also what our faith teaches us, what we profess and what we confess when we say the creed, our belief in the resurrection from the dead. Jesus explains then that the age to come will not be like this age or this time. It will be different. In this time, we need to procreate in order, to, in order for life to continue from one generation to the next. We also establish various relationships as a way of helping to sustain us in our human communities. Jesus teaches that in the next age, things will be radically different as there will be no more death and we will all be spiritual beings like the angels. And as God's children, we will share in the very nature of God. There will be no need for marriage because we will finally be experiencing a connection with God that transcends any other possible relationship because to be one with God is to be complete. Jesus does not say what it will be like at the other resurrection, but only that it will be different. But if we know the joys of this life that we're experiencing now, and we know the pains that we're experiencing, why would we not want to live our lives in such a way that gives us a chance to be one with God at the resurrection where we, where we understand and know that things will be far better, more joy and more happiness. But we are called in this present age to live lives that are radically different still, lives that are transformed. Because when we do, we're living in both the age to come and, and, the, age, and the age we're in now. And as we look forward, we do not know who will be part of the resurrection. But what is more important is that we should try to live so that we can experience the joys of being in complete union with God and one another. We know too that there will always be, there will always be persons 
who will criticize and who will ridicule us because of what we believe. And we must be strong to, and to face up to, the, to, to this opposition if we bear in mind that there is something great to look forward to. Insults and ridicule should only give us more resolve to want to strengthen our faith and to know that the only judge we have to worry about is God. So let us stand up in our faith and look forward to the new and transformed life that God is offering us. And each time we say our creed, let us truly believe in what we say that, that we believe in the resurrection. We believe in resurrection from the dead and life everlasting. Also, let us not be concerned with what it would concern with what life will be in, in the next life, but more concerned about the fact that what we, what we are experiencing now and, 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 and there's so much more of that joy that we can experience in the future. Still, there can be nothing greater than wanting to see God face to face and experiencing complete union with God. And all those, all the saints that have gone before us, that we believe, have been taken up in the resurrection, especially our Mother Mary, who, was taken, who we believe was taken up into heaven and sits and is there uh, also interceding for us, caring for us, looking forward to us. So, looking forward... As we look forward to, to seeing all the, all the angels and saints and seeing God and Jesus and everybody um, face to face. So let us, let us not be afraid, let, but let us believe in what is to come, that there's, that there's more than what lies in the present life, that there's more to come in the kingdom of heaven. And so I pray that these words have been inspiring to you. And I pray that as we live and, and with all the challenges of life, that we will continue to not be afraid to believe in what God has promised us. And because we believe in Jesus and the fact that God wants us to be where Jesus is. Or God wants us to be where he is, and which is in heaven. And I pray that the Lord will continue to bless and nourish your lives. And I do so, I bless you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Lexio Divina team hopes that this homily has helped you deeply welcome the Word of God and given you the strength to put the Word into practice where you are. You can send us your prayer intention by emailing them to us using the following email address lov underscore v-e-r-e-u-m-d-e-i at outlook.com All these prayer intentions will be prayed for in our daily entrance group on WhatsApp and also during our different weekly prayer groups gathering both in person and online. Check out our website in the description for days and times. If this homily has enlightened you or touched you in any way, please share it with your relatives, friends, community and on your social media. Have a blessed week.